I guess we cut the introduction off. Now, if you stayed with me for these chaotic first five minutes of the show, you're true devotees. Thank you. And I much. thank you very, very much. I have to start all over again. I hate to uh, to uh, be redundant, but for those who of you who are listening, this is a show all about how not to be ripped off by your car dealer. Uh, we've been on the air for over 10 years, started out with a half-hour show, evolved to an hour, and then two hours finally here every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. Uh, I'm not alone. I'm in the studio here with some other auto experts. I've got Rick Kearney sitting to my right. Rick is what we call an auto computer scientist. Uh, back in the day, they used to call Rick a mechanic. And then as time passed, they started calling him an auto technician. Now... He's even more than that. He's an auto computer scientist because what you're driving is a computer on four wheels, maybe two wheels, or maybe three wheels, but probably four wheels. And Rick can answer any question that you've got about problems with your car, maintenance, repairs. Uh, he even sticks in. He, he, he can talk about collision repair. We have Alan Napier, who appears periodically on the show, who normally does collision repair. But Rick is capable to answer any question that you might have about cars. And next to his right is Nancy Stewart. She's my co-host. Now, Nancy, if you're video streaming us, looks uh, like she's had uh, some eye work done. And I don't mean cosmetic. I mean cataracts. She had uh, cataract surgery. So she has heavy glasses on. And she's a real trooper because she probably ought to be home recuperating. But she insisted on coming back to the show because that's the kind of person she is. She's our female advocate. Uh, she, she's the one that speaks to the women in our audience who seem to be discriminated against more than men when they go into what we call the old boys club of car dealerships. Uh, we have some tips for everybody, but we have special tips for women. And we get special tips from women. And then she'll give you the details, but we're willing to pay the first-time lady callers if they call the show. And we love female callers. We have some excellent female callers. And Nancy has, has been able to increase the percentage of our female callers substantially just in the past six months to a year. And we're very happy Good that we morning, do so. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. Thank you, Nancy. And then to Nancy's right is uh, Stu Stewart. He's actually Earl Stewart III. He's mm -hmm. my son. Uh, he's the general manager of my dealership, and I, in full transparency, I am a car dealer. I said that before, but I don't want you to think that Earl Stewart on cars is any kind of an infomercial. Nope. Car dealers do that. Uh, they pretend to be communicating. In fact, a lot of uh, retailers do that. They have infomercials, try to trick you into think they're trying to help you out. Really, they're trying to sell their product. You will not hear me try to sell my product. I'm not even going to tell you what my product is. It's cars, but we are... Totally non-commercial and informative. As I say, I'm a consumer advocate. Stu's rule, mainly, other than the fact that he knows almost <coughs> as much about the car business as I do. Notice the almost. Uh, Fair enough. He's a, he's a cyber guy. You know, he's, he's not a millennial. He's a little bit past the millennial thing. But Gen X. Huh? Generation Gen X. X. Yeah, Generation X. So he really understands uh, the social media, digital. And thanks to Stu, uh, we are streaming live Facebook video, we're doing podcasts, we're doing Instagram, we're doing Facebook, uh, Google, uh, Snapchat. Uh, we have callers on the voice, and we have callers on the text. Uh, we can reach you anywhere. 
anyway, and you can reach us anywhere, anyway. We literally have callers all over the United States, texters, people are streaming us, I, forget, I, I don't know how far away, probably out of the country. So oh, yeah. he's our cyber contact. And by the way, cars are bought online today, so it's very important. Uh, the day will come in the very near future when virtually all cars will be sold online. So you really got to be cyber smart if you want to stay on top of things. You want to get the best tri price and the best treatment. Now, uh, I forgot to mention that a lot of folks out there on True Oldies channel, which is 95.9, and we are right here on this channel, and we are not going to sing to you. And I apologize if you just tuned in for some music. I hope you stuck with us, especially through the chaos of the first five minutes when we were out of control in the control room. Correct. I want to congratulate Stu first off. Okay. For, uh, well, he has a 16-year-old son. That's right. That's right. And that's going to require a lot of energy. It does. He's a post-millennial. Generation Z, I think they're calling him. I'm not yeah. sure. But yes, he's 16 now. Yeah, he's not driving for a few more days, but... Congratulations. Yeah, please. Congratulations. Wish me well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Again, uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you know that you can text us if you're a little shy at 772-497-6530. Uh, and uh, as Earl mentioned earlier, ladies, uh, we're building a platform here for you, uh, a place that you can come and there's complete transparency. And we'd like to share a whole lot of information with you. We'd also like to hear from you. We'd like you to share with us your car buying experience or leasing or service. And also we would like to reward you with $50 for the first two new lady callers. You can win yourself $50 this morning. So be part of the show and enjoy sharing your information with us by calling 877-960-9960. Again, that text number is 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Really appreciate uh, you giving that number out, Nancy, because I get carried away and I sometimes forget. It's probably uh, the most important thing we can do uh, for the next two hours is remind people, we say this, that you make the show, and I know that sounds like a nice uh, thing to make the audience feel good. The fact is, you really do make the show, and we honestly learn things every week uh, from folks. I mean, we, we're car experts. We really are. And we might know more about most of the people that are listening to the show. But think of this, you, the cumulative knowledge of maybe 20,000 people listening. That's about the size of our radio audience. Uh, cumulative knowledge of 20,000 people is huge. And there's far more knowledge than we have collectively in this room because there's only four of us. And I, I promise you, you will hear a caller this morning. We have a few that are particularly good. But we have a lot of people that have never called the show before, and they come up with some real nuggets. Yes, and also let me remind our audience that uh, you can go to the new website that Earl has created, and that is youranonymousfeedback.com. And uh, what a website it is. It has proven to be quite beneficial. So take advantage of that, and uh, it is, well, anonymous, so you can go there and you can view your opinion you can say anything at all and that is 
youranonymousfeedback.com. Again, that number is 877-960-9960. So let's get started. We've got a fantastic show ahead of us. We've got a fantastic mystery shopping report, the second hour of the show, and we have a whole lot to get to the first hour. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, speaking of the anonymous link, uh, this anonymous link, by the way, uh, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, youranonymousfeedback.com is totally protected, anonymous, guaranteed. I know some folks just like to give feedback. They just don't want the hassle of being identified by email addresses or phone numbers and calling in. We don't fault you for that, and we have got some extremely valuable, uh, extremely interesting feedback on youranonymousfeedback.com. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, what a fabulous idea that was, you know, and uh, I'm sure that everyone that's gone to that website feels very comfortable and takes you at your word, youranonymousfeedback.com. Let's go to Kathy, who is calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. What can we do for you? Well, I actually wanted to call because um, I've been a customer of Earl Stewart's for a very, very long time. Thank you. Well, Number thank one, you. and wanted, I want to say how happy I am with the service, mostly the technicians and, and the staff. I was actually just there just last week and had the pleasure of walking up to Dr. I mean Earl Stewart and saying to him that I totally respected his um, his staff and said that they he should be very proud that they had he has an excellent staff there. Yes, we and, are we were uh, very fortunate. And also I wanted to say that I just happened to have to call this morning. This was purely by accident. But um, I found out something I never knew, and I thought I wanted to share this with other people who might be in the same position as me. But what happened is um, I woke up and went to go get in my car, and my, and my car key wouldn't work, my pod, my little keypad. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I called Earl Stewart, and immediately they put me with a, a technician, and immediately they said, well, on your little keypad um, is a little side button and if you push it there's a key in it i said i had no idea (laughs) (laughs) and and voila i was able to get into my car (laughs) and i thought i was going to have to call a locksmith and do all this stuff and instead i was able to was just a phone call and get some excellent help and i just wanted to tell tell everyone thank you for that well kathy that's very kind of you we really appreciate the call and your information by the way is spreading (laughs) to about twenty thousand listeners who may one day have the same problem so that's what i say about callers being so valuable that little tidbit of information and it would have been really nice if we told you that when you bought the car (laughs) yes well (laughs) the fact the fact of the matter is but i'm not going to say i'm not going to say you didn't i'm going to say i might not have remembered Uh, (laughs) possible possible well, you're very kind. I think yeah, Nancy like, uh, has Kathy, a Thanks for bringing that to our attention. Uh, every, every once in a while, you know, uh, that gets by us uh, at the dealership. But uh, thank you for sharing it with our audience. And, uh, Kathy, as a first-time caller, I would like to get your information uh, and send you out a check for $50. How do you like that? Awesome. Very I good. love that, but I, on- I honestly called because I really have a lot of respect for Earl Stewart and because 
I uh, because of how I feel about your your company. Yes. I would not go anywhere else. Well, we I would not go anywhere else. We, Earl is beaming right we, now. We He's we definitely appreciate uh, your your compliments, and you know I'll take a moment and uh, thank everyone that is associated with Earl Stewart Toyota. The, the guy who, the service, the service manager who took care of me, his name was Randy. His first name was Randy. Randy, and okay. Un, unbelievable how wonderful he was. Yeah. Just wonderful. He was having a it's very a hairy day, and he kept his composure and was so kind to me, and I could tell. Um, I have an, I work in an office myself, and I could tell he was like, had it coming from every direction, and he looked right at me, right in my eyes, and really just took care of me and i was i was very impressed well a special thank you to randy uh and uh kathy if you stay on the line uh uh, john who's in the control room will get your information and i'll get the check mailed out to you and uh thank you so much for the phone call and thank you for sharing uh your information uh about your remote uh and that little key that's inside there Yes, that's very important. I had, I kept telling the lady, I said, I don't think a key would fit in there. Yeah. She was right, 100%. Itty-bitty key. <laughs> it could have turned out much All right, differently. thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Boy, how do you like the sound effects? Is it beautiful? Yeah. Boy, the thunder. Just want to remind everybody out there in Radio Land that this is not an infomercial, although the last 10 minutes did sound like an infomercial. And uh, we're not here to boost uh, the dealership that we're affiliated with. We're here to help you. We're consumer advocates. And uh, we thank Kathy very much for the accolades. I can't tell you that it didn't make me feel real good to hear those words, but as I say, this is not an infomercial. We're not trying to boost the dealership that we have to be involved with. I've been in the car business since 1968. I've been affiliated with a lot of dealerships uh, over the years, and uh, that's what really has educated me to, uh, I'm kind of like, do you remember the jewel thief years ago uh, that went to jail and then uh, the FBI, I think, hired him after he got out of jail to help uh, find yes. other jewel thieves. Well, I'm the recovering car dealer who is kind of hired myself, yeah. and that's what I do. It's like the hackers that now work with the FBI. Exactly. I know all the tricks of the trade, Rick. Well, it, it, I, I just think it's interesting with what Kathy brought out, the idea that such a simple little thing, but our cars now, all cars, are so complex and so complicated that when you are going from, say, you're driving a car that's five or six years old, and now you step into a brand new car, the learning curve on those new cars is yeah. incredible because there's so much new technology and yes. so much to learn. It's overwhelming. No one can take it. It, it literally takes the average person a year mm-hmm. to learn even the most basic parts yeah. about their car, about about operating everything in their car. Yeah. It's yeah. like having You're an right, iPhone, right. and you and a year years later you figure out new yeah. stuff you didn't even know existed. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely true, and I think yeah. the message there, we all, the purpose of the show is to convey information, and uh, the message there is that cars are extremely complex. Uh, we probably dropped the ball in this situation, not explaining it clearly to Kathy about the hidden key in her keyless remote, uh, but that's only one of hundreds of things as Rick alluded to. So if you're buying a car, a later model car, new or used, 
you should insist on thorough tutoring before you leave that car dealership. When you're in the buying process, you are very important to car dealers and they will pretty much abide by anything you ask them, except maybe lowering the price. But uh, seriously, uh, you should go through the owner's manual with them. You should sit in the car, drive the car before you sign on the dotted line and be sure you know every button and switch and everything in that cockpit of the car. It's like you're sitting in a supersonic jet. That's what these cockpits look like now and they have amazing capabilities. I'll be the first to admit I don't know all the buttons in my car. Uh, you need to know the important ones. You probably never will understand everything in the car but never take the car home unless you have had the thorough tutoring by that car salespeople, and car dealerships are notorious lax in that, yeah. so beware. Yeah. And you can always go back and go over all of the features uh, in your, you know, your new car. You don't have to be and feel embarrassed about that because, as Earl said, there's so much to take in. You can't absorb it all at one time. We're going to go to Bob, who's uh, calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bob. Yes, good morning. Well, I would like to have your opinion about something here. I'm a little bit in a quandary. Mm -hmm. I have a 2003 Honda Odyssey, and it works. I only 72,000 miles on it. Mm -hmm. So now, recently, an a engine light came on, and I bought it to my mechanic, and he. He gave me his diagnostic here. Uh, speed, uh, check engine light, okay. Mm -hmm. Speed sensor code came up and speed ratio error code. Test, test speed sensor, they are working in, improperly. Mm -hmm. Customer will need transmission overhauled in the near future. Mm. Well... He gave me an estimate. Well, he has a specialty. He doesn't do this thing himself. He has a, a, a guy he works together. Apparently, he's a specialist in transmission. Mm -hmm. They gave me an estimate of $3,000 to fix that uh, transmission. Wow. Now, it's a 2003 mm -hmm. model car, you know. So sure. I don't know. Well, you're right to be concerned, and uh, you're right to observe the the age of your vehicle, even though the mileage isn't very high. Uh, I'm going to let Rick answer the question ultimately, but uh, <clears throat> uh, I think what you need to be concerned about is can you continue to drive the vehicle uh, or is this just an emission-related Oh, problem? no, it's drivable. Yeah. You know. uh, I but would uh, I'm, I'm very, you know... Yeah, I'd be very hesitant. My mechanic tells me, well, you can drive it, but, you know, there's a reason that light came on. Sure. There, uh, there is a reason, and 90% of the reasons your light comes on is because of emission-related problems. And emissions uh, have two problems. They pollute the air, and sometimes they can, the emission-related also could be serious enough to cause your vehicle to... No, it, no it's transmission. Transmission, or the transmission. Uh, anyway, uh, we need to decide if you have to spend $3,000. No matter what happens, you want to get more than one estimate, not just the one technician. Yeah, I, I also told him. He, that's why he gave me a, 
a print a printout here, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm going to get a second estimate. And he said, well, I warn you, if you bring it to any, I, not all, not, of yeah. course not. They they gonna say okay uh, we can do it for a thousand dollars and then when they take it apart they said oh gee we didn't see that or blah 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 you know and then all of a sudden that one thousand dollars becomes four thousand dollars yeah that can happen Bob and you need to choose a reputable dealer I would take it to a Honda dealer because Honda dealers <coughs> technicians are are more trained than the independent <coughs> dealers. Uh, but the same thing can happen. Car dealers typically charge more. So um, um, I just got a note from Stu that your your vehicle is worth uh, less than $10,000. So you're looking right at less than $1,000. So you're looking at paying three times the value, the value you of your vehicle. Less than $1,000. Less yeah. than 1000 yeah. So uh, uh, Rick, uh, talk about this technically, but I think we just about ruled out the fact that he should spend... Uh, a thousand dollars or more on this repair. It was my reasoning. Yeah, yeah, because the 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 speed sensors that they're talking about, um, it's sensors that go in the transaxle that help tell the engine how fast the car is running, and so if it's starting to have internal electrical problems like that in the transaxle, if they're trying to sell a, an overhaul, that I don't know. Um, I mean, if you're really desperate, if you definitely want to keep this vehicle, I, I would, would look into the idea of a used transmission. Yeah, I don't think he's desperate to keep it. He just wants yeah. to know if it's economic to repair it. No, I, if if you're looking for that question, I wouldn't repair it. I, I would actually um, swing into one of those little AutoZone places and just ask him to clear the code, erase the code, and put it up for sale. See how long it takes for that code to stay gone because sometimes that light will stay off for a, a couple of months and sometimes it'll come right back on. But if it's one of those things that it just comes right back on and the car still runs pretty good, I would just go ahead and trade it in or sell it somewhere. Either that or keep driving it. Yeah, or keep driving it till it dies. Yes. Well, the thing <clears throat> is, you know, if I, I was... Playing with the idea of buying a, a used car, you know, something under ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now, <laughs> like I did here previously, you know, mm-hmm. these new another, maybe I don't know, whatever, you know, it's so damn complicated, you know, everything. Sure. So. Well, you're you're right That's about what that. What I like about this car, it's very simple. Yeah, I keep uh, I I keep the car, Bob. If I were you, uh, how many miles? You don't put a lot of miles on the car. How many miles do you drive a year? Oh, less than ten thousand. Well, maybe I don't know, seven thousand. Yeah, keep on driving the car. Yeah, this car might drive on for another fifty thousand miles. You never know. Uh, continue to maintain it the way you should, according to the factory recommended maintenance. Yeah, and I have all the paperwork. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to sell it to to. I know I can get more money from a private person. Yeah. But I uh, I don't want to sell it to a private person, and then six months later he has to put a new transmission in it. Well, Bob, keep driving the car, and then keep us posted. If you have some more symptoms, let us know. If you don't, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, call us and say, hey, I've been driving that car we talked about uh, six months ago. 
and uh, it's just driving fine. So that's six months that you didn't have to spend any money, and you got yourself a good car. You enjoy it. Well, I can buy a car, but buying the car is not a problem. You know. Well, it's it, well. You say it's not a problem. It's it's a hassle, you know, to find the right yeah, car, an honest dealer. Honesty, yeah. You know? If you like the car, you're comfortable driving it, uh, gives you good service, continue to drive it, and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. I like that advice. <laughs> okay. Thank well, you. Thank Bob, you. Uh, thank you for the great call. It, it truly was All a right. good call. Yeah, and Bob, right. uh, get, take uh, two aspirins and give us a call in the morning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. We appreciate your phone call. Give us a call again. That number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, that was kind of an unorthodox uh, answer, but I feel good about it. I mean, how many times can you say you take your car in uh, to have someone give you advice and you have a check engine light on with a code that you don't quite understand that they're going to tell you, uh, forget about it? You know, yep. Go. Uh, so many times that check engine light comes on uh, and it's just something very inconsequential, like you're, you need to cut, tighten your ga gas cap. Uh, it's unbelievable. That's 99% of yeah. the time is the fuel cap yeah. Yeah. is loose. Yeah. One of the worst things that I can say about our modern cars is with all the technology we have to keep the owner of the car, the driver of the car, so in the dark when it comes to a problem. Uh, the only people that know how to fix your car are the dealers and then you have to worry, are the dealers going to be honest with me, or are they going to be competent? So what we should have is, and we have the technology to do it, we should have the technology to tell you exactly what's wrong with the car. And uh, Rick is way, raising his hand, but I know what he's going to say, that the technology is there now in the, in the newer cars and coming uh, even more so in the even newer cars where the dealership, and technician will know before you know or when you know exactly what's wrong with your car, the diagnosis, and what needs to be done. That technology could have been had five years ago or ten years ago. Uh, the check engine light is an idiot light. It's stupid. It was done for, I suppose, economic purposes. It's just, it gets you, you have to come into the dealership. They want you to come into the dealership so you can spend money and maybe buy another car or buy parts from the manufacturer through the dealer. So you should have the independence of knowing what's wrong with your car so you have the option to take it to an independent repair shop or to another dealer if you want to, or in this case, forget about it. You got a you got a six year old car that's worth a thousand dollars. The repair costs three thousand dollars. Your car's running good, but the light came on. Turn the light off. Forget about it. Enjoy, and keep your fingers crossed. Yep. Yeah. Thank you very much. <coughs> Don't you agree that there? <coughs> excuse me. There are, are a lot of uh, consumers now that you know that they take advantage of no, of knowledge, and that's going to the internet and finding out you know, different things about this, l the lights on the dash. For instance, I'm driving a brand new Avalon. I've got all kind of lights on my dash that are lit up. Do I care about it? Not really. Uh, but you can take care of it yourself. I think you better but take it to the dealer, Nessie. Well, I got a bone to pick with him. <laughs> anyway, that's another show. Uh, back to the uh, gas cap. Uh, you know, I learned early on that uh, by adjusting that, it light goes off. So little bit of information there. Ladies and gentlemen, you're an important part of the show. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960.
or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You know, speaking of gas caps and tanks, uh, wasn't that an interesting story that uh, was in the Palm Beach Post on Friday about the tainted gas uh, that affected about 20 people? And uh, it was uh, quite expensive, uh, the outcome. They were drinking the gas? And uh, <laughs> Yes, they were drinking it, and they were putting it in their uh, vehicle. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. It's your... Uh, no, it is <coughs> It is uh, something we should talk you got, about. You got Stu giggling. Yeah. I'm going to come over there and slap you. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it is, there is a good message to be learned from that, and it was a lot of people being affected from they gas, were. from uh-huh. one particular gas station. Um, we have the article, but Nancy can't read it because of her cataract <laughs> surgery. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I'm laughing at this morning. <laughs> oh. You can be slapped also. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that article appeared in the Palm Beach Post. That was uh, Friday's uh, newspaper, and uh, that was out at Jupiter Farms Mobile. Yes. Uh, in <laughs> Jupiter Farms, and uh, there was one particular situation where it cost this woman twenty Uh, $1,300 Yes. uh, because of the water that affected uh, her gas. And she realized that there was something wrong whenever the gas was going into her tank and it was moving so slow. Mm -hmm. And uh, she finally just said, "Uh, I don't have enough time to fill up my tank. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. She might have been replacing her whole engine if she would have filled her tank. A lesson to be learned when you're choosing your gas station is choose a brand name gas Mm -hmm. choose one in a high traffic area Mm -hmm. Uh, price of course is a consideration Uh, but when you use off-brand and use gas stations that are not used frequently you have uh, first of all off-brand gas that you're not quite as sure about the reliability of how long that gas was sitting in the distillery or the storage tanks or in the tank at the gas station uh, and you also have the fact that if you don't use the gas in the gas station a lot, you don't have fresh gas frequently. So the, the, the last part of that lesson is always keep your gas receipts. Use one gas station, name brand glass gas, in a uh, high traffic area so the gas turns over frequently. And if you do have a problem, we've experienced this in years past with our customers when they have problems with uh, contaminated gas. If they have the receipt and they know the station they bought it from, the the uh, gas company will take care of it. They'll take care of the repair. I think they have insurance for that, as yep. a matter of fact. But if you can't remember where you bought the gas, well, you got a problem, Rick. Well, as a matter of fact, one of the big ones that comes to mind was uh, Shell. Um, probably about 12 years ago, <coughs> had a problem with their stations. The fuel they shipped out had excessive sulfur content. Mm. And... That when they realized it, they announced it almost statewide and said, if anyone has issues with Shell gasoline and you show the receipts saying that you had repairs and that you had bought Shell gasoline, they stepped up and they covered it. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. And it, it was an amazing corporate decision on their part, They yeah. they but they took care of it. Yeah. So well, all these gas stations have insurance yep. to reimburse you for Especially whatever. the big name brands yeah. like Shell Exxon Mobil. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have my uh, list of favorite uh, places to go and people to see. My mechanic, a favorite person, someone that I always see. A gas station where I always get gas. Who's uh, your favorite mechanic? 
Rick Herney. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Glenn Ballard. Yeah, I like Glenn better. Sorry, well, Rick. You noticed I... <laughs> wow. Usually, uh, you'll, it won't be as easy as Rick described usually, and they normally don't get on TV. That must have been a widespread problem. It, it was, and yeah. You, usually, when you go to your gas station, they'll give you a little bit of static, uh, and they have to contact the supplier because... You know, these gas station operators, if they own the gas station, they don't know what's going on. But you have to contact Sunoco or Texaco or Shell or whoever you're talking to. And when you get up there, you have your receipt. They usually pick up the tab for the repair without an argument. Yep. 877-960-9960 is our call-in number. And uh, 772-497-6530 is our text. And the text is 772-497-6530. Six five three zero, and we have two texts, That's and right. Stu's going to read these. That's right. The uh, first one was a comment on the uh, caller uh, with the Odyssey. Uh, mm-hmm. He said, it's more of a comment than a question. Rick, clear code to sell it quick. LOL. Maybe clear that up on air. <laughs> uh, Rick is probably too embarrassed to do that, but I'll do it because this is, unless you want to tell I'm, the truth. I'm not too embarrassed. Okay. okay excuse it's me. A, Frank, it's a very common me. thing. Frank, hold on. Uh, Rick's going to explain something for a second, then we're going to take your call. It's a very common thing to let the buyer beware, but I will clarify one thing. My intention would be sell it to someone like CarMax or the local Honda dealer, and let them be the ones to worry. I would not recommend selling that private sale what to someone else on the street. Can you sell it to an enemy? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some people that, that I don't like very well. Can I sell it to them? I yeah. Think, I think we're I'll help you. I think we're getting in the way. I'll clear, I'll clear the code right okay. before we sell it to them. Okay. Our, uh, our number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Hope I didn't repeat those numbers too quickly for you. I'll be repeating them again. We're going to go to Frank in Jupiter Farms. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hey, good morning, Earl and Nancy. Morning. Good morning, Frank, and uh, welcome. <coughs> well, your show always triggers so many things to think about to call in. The most recent one with a gas station mobile, since I live in Jupiter Farms, I ah. pass by that station every day. Ah. And um, I, I don't shop there, so I guess I was lucky. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but in regards to the gasoline, just the other day, I was at one of the Sam's or Costco, and one of the ladies who said she worked at a gas station, she said, it's all the same gas. The, the high tests and regular are always the same, <laughs> and it doesn't. And I said, well, I, I, you know, since you all talked about before, if it's recommended <laughs> or advised about high tests, I, uh, you know, the two cars I have that require high tests, I'm sure they, they wouldn't run very well on regular. <laughs> but um, in regards to, like you were saying about this last gas station, I do get a receipt each time. I know Smart. printed paper and stuff, just in the event that something does go wrong with the gas, you have the proof that you did buy there. Because a lot of times when you self-fill, they say, do you want a receipt, yes or no? Yep. And I just say yes and keep in the glove box you know, for, for the next few weeks and making sure. So well, there's that. Fair. But here we go back to buying cars. Oh, my goodness. You're going <laughs> to love this part. <laughs> we spoke two weeks, <coughs> excuse me, two weeks ago. I was the one that went down to H. Gregg. About uh-huh. a Ford pickup, yeah. King Ranch, they advertised. Uh-huh. It was not at all the same truck. And then your mystery shopping was amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. So in my quest to find a good, <laughs> good Ford King Ranch, I was going almost as far as Daytona because Molamax down here didn't have the, 
the particular one on what it, but one of their dealerships up there did, and they couldn't bring it down here for whatever reason, so I had to drive up there. On my way there last week to actually buy the truck, we passed another Ford dealer in Palm Bay. Um, it's called Palm Bay Ford. Hmm. So we gave them a quick call, and they said, oh, we're going to save you 10000 off the um, MSRP on that truck. Turn around and come back. So I said, okay. We turned around and came back. <clears throat> Bottom line, they actually had the truck I was looking for with even one, one, one more package that added a few thousand dollars, but it was a safety stuff about um, automatic braking if you got too close and people crossed. Anyway, it was a nice package. Mm-hmm. We worked the deal out, and I mentioned the fact that my daughter is looking for a car because um, her husband's car just died. He said, oh, we got cars. Well, they don't have much money. They're in college. And he says, well, we got plenty of them. They're going to go out to wholesale lots, and we can get you one for three or $4,000 and da-da-da-da. So they drove me up the following week to pick up my truck. They were getting it ready. And they wanted to look at a, the three or $4,000 car. Well, they had one. Oh. You open the door, the stench of the, the previous owner smoking was better oh. than any tear gas you could use. Awful. So we looked around the lot, and there was some other ones, uh, in particular 2014, I believe Fusion, that was listed around 14 or 12,000, 12 to 14. They test drove the car, they loved it, but it was out in their price range. So the salesman took me aside and said, look, why don't you just put something down on your credit card, like 5,000, and we'll pretend um, that the price went down and they can buy the car at a reasonable rate. And I said, no, I, I offered to my daughter, would I, I'd like to put some money down. And she said, no, I don't want any of your money. I know, it's okay. No, I don't. She was very adamant about that. Sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. So at which point, we went to have lunch. I'm still waiting to get my papers and get the walk around on my pickup truck that I paid mm-hmm. a good amount for. And he said, no, no, we're, we'll, we'll get to that. And that's like you talked earlier about all the buttons and switches in your new vehicle. Yeah. So I was waiting for that you know, pre-flight of my truck, yet um, he texted me and says, oh, the dealer, the general manager, and the owner said, you did such a great service buying that truck, we're going to give you $5,000 off your purchase price. Oh, wow. So that was in writing in the text message to my phone, oh. and my daughter saw it while I was in the bathroom, and they go, wow, now instead of being 12000 it's down to 7000 It's in their price range, and they bit. And then we got there, by the way, at 9.15 that morning to pick up my truck. This is now after lunch, and they're still working the deal on their car. And so, anyway, it was not till 8.15 that evening we finally left that dealership. Oh, my. Here's how it all came in. They uh, kept postponing, postponing her going into signing the papers, waiting until the very end of the night. They didn't give me the uh, owner's manual or the key to my truck yet because he was, you know, wanting to show me parts about it. Anyway, long story short, we we did like that one guy. I couldn't believe thirty-eight to forty pages of signatures. Unbelievable. Yeah, incredible. And the and the very last one is where she caught it. She said, uh, "The sales tax doesn't add up for you know a, a seven thousand dollar vehicle versus twelve thousand. Good for her. And they put right on the very bottom, cash deposit. Oh, and my. When she realized that what happened, she was furious. Oh. She's still mad. She, she's not talking to me. Terrible. 
Um, here's a secret that we learned from your show. We did not take delivery of the car. Mm-hmm. It was still there. They asked them earlier to pull it out. They're, we're going to be closing the gates. Can you put it just outside? Uh, because we're going to be closing the gates. And so they said that's where they took delivery by moving the car mm-hmm. from the parking lot to outside the gates. Um, that night, she gave the papers back. She wouldn't take the car. They drove home in their car. They drove us up in. I was driving home in the new truck, trying to figure out all the buttons and switches that they never told me. They never did show me. He said, just come back in two weeks. You know, we'll, we'll do it then, and we'll fill your tank with gas for your trouble. No manual, no key. No manual, no key. So anyway, we're home the next day. What had, had transpired, the, the salesman said, your dad is going to lose his $5,000 deposit if you don't take delivery of this car. Oh, my. And put stress on him. So then I called the guy back on Saturday morning. This all transpired last Friday night, and actually Saturday morning... I'm calling the guy. He says, nope, you signed the papers. The loan was authorized. It's your car. And then they got so to the point they said, I said, no, it's still there. No, nope, we're going to put it on a flatbed and deliver it to your driveway, and now you got the delivery. And I said, don't send the truck down here. I'm not going to take the car. We went round and round. And I, I did speak to one of your sons, Jason. And um, he said, you didn't take delivery. Florida law. End of story. So... Um, all week we've been back, back and forth. Yeah. Bottom line, they still got the car, and I finally got my five thousand dollars back just yeah. last night. So. Well, I'm glad it had a happy ending. But that, that is, I thank you for uh, an extremely uh, uh, benefiting story to a lot of people listening mm-hmm. uh, from your your lesson, and also the fact you've given us new shopping target. Yeah. So, mystery, we'll be going in. I I hope they're listening because they're never going to know when we come in. But we're going to hit Palm Bay forward. I assure you. And what they did is just uh, about the worst we've That's heard harsh. in a while. That yeah. is really harsh. That's uh, that is uh, oh. something something that somebody could go to jail for uh, lying uh, to a customer like that and trying to they 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 pull out all the tricks and the stops, keeping the you there the whole time, uh, not being putting anything in writing that they that you could uh, attack them for, and then threatening to keep the deposit. Uh, that is just cold-blooded and terrible. So thank you for sharing us that with us, Frank. That was uh, yeah, thank yeah. you, Frank. The, all the details, fantastic. Uh, it, it, it was it was not mind mind-boggling and numbing. I mean, it was like again, if I haven't been listening to your show for all these years, and also being a very you know, um, how should I say, senior citizen for shopping all these life years in my lifetime, it, it was like books from you know. 20, 30 years ago, the playbook of all their, all yeah. their, um, yeah. 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 Well, oh, by the way, I still don't have my owner's manual. They gave it to another person. And I'm still waiting for my keys and my owner's manual. Hmm. Yeah. Just for fun, you probably ought to call Ford on the 800 number and register a formal complaint yeah. with, uh, Palm City Ford. Yeah. Uh, that'll go on the record. And for that matter, you could also call, you know, the Better Business Bureau and report them on that consequence, it'll get their attention. Sometimes the, the dealers don't know what's going on in the trenches. Uh, this could be just a rogue sales manager, salesman, or both uh, doing this, and the owner of Palm Bay Ford, if you could get hold of him, it would be interesting. But uh, at least you got the King Ranch you were looking for at a good price, and uh, I'm sorry they had to uh, try to take advantage of you and your daughter that way. That was terrible. Yes, well, thank well, you again thank for you guys being on the air, and we really appreciate it. Did yeah. it? Well, 
Well, oh, Frank, let me tell you, they didn't know who they were dealing with uh, because, you know, uh, we appreciate your call every week. You know, uh, you always have something fantastic to share with us and uh, your credentials speak for themselves. So uh, shame on them. And, uh, you know, we, ha we, we talk about the Gallup poll every week and uh, it's really very unfortunate that uh, the honesty and ethics and, and so many other things that, that, that go on today in the 21st century. Uh, you alluded to the fact that, you know, many years ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, in the 40s and 50s, we expected this kind of, uh, uh, well, we didn't even know we were being treated that way. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for the phone call and sharing your experience with us. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting when you do a mystery shop in there for sure. It should be oh, we'll have fun with that one, yeah. They, they they pulled every trick possible. I mean, every time we called, I mean, it was a different line, a different yep. malarkey. It was just amazing. But thanks again. Y'all have a good, great day. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. Thank hey, you. we're looking at these online reviews right now. They got a lot of bad ones. Do they? Mainly on their service department. But um, there's some similar stories I'm seeing online here. So, uh, oh. Frank, uh, maybe give them a review or two, you know. Let yeah. Exactly. Help yeah. more other people. Yeah, if you're still listening, Frank, uh, a Google review, a... Uh, a uh, you got dealer rater review. Yeah. You got uh, Yelp, Yelp reviews. Cars.com. Cars.com. Uh, you can really uh, hit them where keep it hurts. them busy. Yeah. Yeah. Hit them where it hurts. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us a call toll free at 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. And uh, Tamara, if you're still listening, give us a call back. I'd love to hear from you. Back to the recovering car dealer. Oh, we have a text, dude. What's the next text? Yes, we do. Uh, anonymous text, but it says, I have two questions. First one is, what are electronic filing fees? And the second question, if a car is noted for having transmission problems like the Ford Fiesta, are dealers required to let people know? Well, let's do with the electronic filing fee. Uh, a, a great question because it's one of the most common uh, scams that car dealers have come up with. It started many years ago when there was just a dealer fee, and most dealers called it a dealer fee or a dealer prep charge. And then they got more creative, and they started coming up with different names for this dealer fee, which is defined as additional profit to the dealer. Uh, in Florida, unfortunately, because of the lack of regulation and good legislation in Florida, uh, car dealers are allowed to call dealer fees, adding additional profit to the car after they advertise or quote the price. They are able to call it anything they want to. One of the things they call it is electronic filing fee. Now, what better way to describe something you want to confuse? Disgu to disguise something. Yeah. <laughs> it even confuses me. Electronic filing fee sounds so good and valid and governmental but electronic filing fee is additional profit to the dealer sounds official yeah and the second part of the question <coughs> if a vehicle has like a known issue say a transmission they cited the ford fiesta are dealers required to inform the customers of that uh, no, they are not. And uh, one of the problems, uh, when there is a chronic problem with a car, it can become a recall. That's only if the National Highway Traffic Safety Association says so. Uh, 
there can be something called a technical service bulletin, which goes only to the dealers. And frankly, car dealers get so many of these bulletins, a lot of car dealers don't even know about the technical service bulletins. Yeah. Um, before I continue with that answer, uh, let me Dan? say that uh, Dan from Jupiter yeah. is holding, and I'll be right with you, Dan, as soon as we complete that answer. Thanks for the call. Be right there. Uh, technical service bulletins uh, are something that you can research online. Uh, you can even call the dealer and insist that they check if you have a symptom with your car. Uh, if you come into a dealership, it's always a good uh, question to ask the service manager. Is there anything out from the manufacturer, a technical service bulletin, they call them TSB, yeah. technical service bulletin, uh, that would address this problem. Uh, uh, Rick, uh, you're looking my way, so uh, jump in. I would go to the old friend Google. Uh, one of the interesting things is, and this actually isn't known by a lot of people, but all those technical service bulletins that wind up at the dealerships, every single one of them is also available online as well. And sometimes before they come, before they become technical service bulletins, they appear on Google. A lot of that information gets out on Google, Bing, the other uh, search sites. But one of the best places that I've found good information is on the forum sites for various models of cars. Just about every single car that has been made, there's a group of people out there that have a forum site online. And you can find that through Google, right? Yep. Uh, you Google it and just look for the forums for that particular model of car, and you'd be amazed at the number of people that when you search through the, the threads, the conversations on there, the number of people that will have had the exact same issues that you might have seen and also, they'll be more than happy to talk to you about common issues that they've seen with their own cars. I love Google. So it's a great way to find information. I love Google. Great way. Uh, Dan, thank you for holding, and welcome to the show. What can we do for you? You there, Dan? Yep. Yep, yep, I'm here. How Hi, can Dan. we help you? I'm here. Good morning. Well, I, I want to on uh, my service visit at uh, a, a recent uh, Mazda dealer ship that I went for service. Mm -hmm. um, I took my car in, and it's in, it's in pretty good shape. I do most of the uh, maintenance myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I took it in for a recall, and the service advisor came back, and he said, well, I've got two issues for you, and you've got to take care of one of them right now. And he says that he did a, a load test on my battery, and uh, he said it, it's showing that it's failing. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that your battery needs 775 cold cranking amps, and we tested it, and it's only got 596, so you failed. Hmm. And I thought, well, gee, that's odd. 775 seems pretty high to me, but I didn't really think about it because the battery's under warranty, and it was only three months old. And I said, you see the sticker? It says 518. It's, it's brand new. I'm not replacing the battery. And he said, oh, okay, no problem. And he <laughs> said, well, your brakes are getting pretty low. You should probably think about doing that next time. Hmm. And I thought, hmm. Well, that's weird because I replaced my brakes myself three months ago. <laughs> so when I talked to the and and I showed him the picture on my phone because I take pictures of everything. That's my service records. You know, I just take pictures of the, you know the oil, the receipt. You know, when I put in a set of brakes, take mm. a picture, take a picture of the receipt for the brakes. Mm. That's idea. what I do. And I showed him the I showed him the picture, and and the service manager's answer was, "Oh well, we made a mistake on the battery. Um, we we put in the wrong value." Mm. And yes. on the brakes, they said, "Well, the, the tech that that." inspected your brakes he wasn't the one that filled out the form so that was that was the answer for that one. Oh boy uh, yeah. you know uh, I'm, dan i know you don't and want i to... thought 
Go ahead. I thought, well, who filled that void then? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, are you do you not want to mention the dealer's name? Uh, well, that's okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to push yeah, it. Yeah, I, uh, they they did they did offer. I'm I'm going to leave them out of it. They did okay. offer me a free oil change as, as a response. Uh-huh. You know, they said that they were sorry and everything. But the, I wanted to get your opinion on the battery thing, most of all, because to me, I, I've had this happen like twice now at different dealerships. Is this like a common thing where they just set the they set the requirements so high so that every battery fails automatically? Because seven seventy five seems way too high for a for a Mazda four cylinder. Well, well, before Rick addresses that issue, let me just say that every. People, person in the service drive, when you come into a car dealership, in fact, independent repair also, are paid on commission. And uh, they have uh, quotas, uh, they have uh, bonuses, and sometimes they'll have emphasis on certain items, uh, tires, batteries, uh, they'll have contests. So you're not talking to a service advisor. They call themselves service advisors. They're commissioned salespeople. And if you have a commission salesperson that's honest, there's nothing wrong with commission, but it's it's a temptation to a dishonest person that you have to watch out for. This one person you were talking to uh, was just not honest, and he's on commission, and he was trying to sell you a battery. And whether you yep. needed a battery or not, he was going to try to sell you a battery. Unfortunately, he ran into a sharp guy like you that does his own work, and and he couldn't he couldn't trick you. But you have to be very careful. Um, the person that works into in a car dealership, be a car salesman or a service advisor slash salesman, mm-hmm. is, is, is probably more important than the dealership itself. Uh, when you find a good salesperson to buy cars from, stick with them. Uh, when you find a good service advisor that you have a relationship with, you the right kind of chemistry, and you feel that it's honest, uh, then you stick with them too. But when you get a guy like this... Ask to speak to another person immediately or go to another dealership. Uh, Rick wants to address the 775-amp requirement versus 596. Uh, first, quick question. You say you got a, a four-cylinder Mazda. What what model is it? It's a Mazda 6 with the 2.5 liter. Okay. Yeah, that car really should have... Uh, I'm going to compare it to being a, like the same basic thing as a four-cylinder Camry. And I'm going to say that the battery that would work best in that car should be about 575 cold cranking amps. Now that's measured, the, there's, there's two measurements. One will say cranking amps measured at 32 degrees. And the other one is the cold cranking amps measured at zero. We always go with the cold cranking amps. That way we're always yeah. comparing apples to apples. And 575 right. would be more than adequate for that car on a brand new battery. And you would have no problems with that battery lasting three to five years minimum, if not a lot longer. Yeah, so 775, what they did, oh. somebody goofed up and they just they just set it high because they were trying to rip you off, basically. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and I, I think that's what it is. I've got, um, I actually, like I said, I take photos of everything when I do my work. And uh, the original Mazda 6 battery says 550 on the front of it. Right. The battery that I have, again, which I took a picture of and showed in the picture, I said it's a 575, so 596 is great. And yep. 775, I mean, I can't even think of any Mazda that would come through that dealership that would require 775. So I, I just don't see that as an oversight. I, I see that as like, 
yeah, set it really high so everything fails. Now that was that was pretty much. I'll call it what I see it as. To me, that sounds like a ripoff. Yeah. Somebody was getting a spiff. They were having a contest. If you sell X number of batteries, we're going to give you a, a, a an extra commission on each of those batteries. So if you can sell 30 batteries in a month, you're going to get an extra $3 per battery. Yeah. And those, those things add up. So they will do that. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much. Uh, very educational call. Yeah, I, uh, I I'd love to hear back from you because uh, you've got that mechanical savvy, and when you go into the service department, you'll probably have some other interesting stories. Yeah, Dan, I like your style. Oh, man. Taking all those I, pictures. I got, I got a pile of them, man. Yeah, that's a great idea. Very great idea. Will you call next week? Stay in touch. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, give, I'll, I'll think of another one. I'll give you a call next week. Appreciate it. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and we're going to go to Kelly, who's holding. Uh, she's calling from Broward. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Good morning. How are you guys? We're great. Good morning. It's nice to hear from you. Thank you. So I wanted to call in um, because I actually am in the business myself, but I'm on the BDC side, so um, I basically wanted to ask, I went through my last car actually through a broker. So that broker um, was a friend of a friend. And um, if I can say semi-trusted, I believe that would probably be the pretense <laughs> for how I felt about working with them. Um, and <laughs> I know, I know. Well, of course, when you trust a friend of a friend, you kind of want to have that pretense yeah. in your mind. Um, everything was super easy. I love my car. Um, the issue is, is that at the time of signing, I didn't really ask why, but, um, you know, I had a certain amount on my paperwork as to what my, I believe my inceptions would be, I guess in this case, because it's a lease. Um, so I did pay that to my brand. I'll say that it was Lexus that I bought with. Um, and that was the written amount in text on my contract. Okay. Um, but following that, my broker had me pay the first month payment in cash to them. So I never really brought that up again, but it's always kind of been in the back of my head as maybe I had gotten ripped off. Um, I, I never really wanted to come at them like that. I would never want to, you know, uh, offend my friend. But I wanted to ask, is that something normal to see? If you have a broker who's doing leasing, because that's huge in South Florida now, mm -hmm. is that something common to see? Or are they ripping people off? Uh, Kelly, uh, you know, it's just like a lot of other things, car dealers, car salesmen, they're good, they're good brokers and there's bad brokers, uh, dishonest and otherwise. Uh, brokers, of course, get paid a commission. That's how they make a living, and the, the amount of the commission can be substantial. Uh, I'm a car dealer, and I've been one for a long time. We've dealt with brokers over the years. Some of the uh, brokerage commissions are extremely high, and uh I would say a common commission would probably be $500. Uh, I've seen them as high as $5,000. And so... Wow. Uh, one single lease. Yes. And you, you have to remember that th you're paying this middleman, um, which is going into the price of the car, because the car dealer cannot afford to pay the broker. You don't pay the broker. The car dealer does. So whatever he pays a broker is added to the purchase price of the car. Now, that's okay as long as it's fair. What I would recommend people that are inclined to use brokers is to have the understanding up front, uh, 
clarified in writing, preferably, how much is the car dealership paying you? And then, uh, what is the deal that you're going to get me from the car dealer? And it, does that include your fee? And so, what is the, you know, what is the net effect? Am I getting a, a fair price or not? Uh, car, uh, brokers do one thing for you. They help you avoid the hassle and hopefully get you a better price. I prefer which you could almost call them online brokers. Uh, you can use someone like TrueCar that has an arrangement with the car dealers, and they will post a price, and it will not have any extras and extra fees. Uh, TrueCar, Costco, uh, Auto Program is another broker. Consumer Reports, <coughs> which is affiliated with TrueCar, they have an auto buying program too. But the old-fashioned brokers still exist. Some of them are good, some of them are honest, some, are, some of them are dishonest. Uh, I've talked to people that have used the same broker for years and years, bought five, six, seven cars from the same broker, feel very comfortable with them, and feel like they do a good job. So uh, yeah. this and is your I, first I experience. I really had no other complaints. Um, I mean, it was a pretty easy experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of wanted to ask someone with expertise only because it, it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, because, you know... Uh, the cash part obviously was five hundred dollars. When you say so that's why, you know, obviously that I had a negative equity, so I rolled that into a lease, and I do have a five hundred dollar payment. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that was equal to my first payment. Yeah. But when it just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and my lease is coming to an end, and I'm just wondering. I mean, if I should go through the same broker. I mean, I know that True Car is great, but as far as leasing, um. You know, I, I didn't know that they covered leasing and stuff like that. They do. They do cover leasing. Uh, Kelly, when you say cash, you're talking uh, U.S. currency, uh, greenbacks. Uh, they wouldn't take a check or a credit card? Um, no, it, it was actual cash. That's suspicious. Highly, that's highly suspicious. Uh, you never want to give a car salesman a cash deposit, and you never want to give a broker cash either. Uh, cash is, you can't trace it, and if it comes up later on, uh, it's his word against yours. So you need a, you need a uh, paper trail. You get that with a check. You get that with a, with a uh, credit card. But I'm not saying that he swindled you, but I, I share your concern that... Asking for it in cold cash. That's a red flag. Yeah. It's a red flag. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for what you're doing. Kelly, uh, really uh, helping out consumers. And, uh, Kelly, are you, a, you are, are, is this your first call to Earl Stewart on Cars? It is. It okay. Is. Well, My d- mom watches every single Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Show, you so. know, uh, thank you for sharing that story with us. There's uh, so many ways that uh, uh, the brokers, the dealers uh, can deceive you. And uh, getting all the details uh, up front uh, and, and this whole cash thing is such a red flag. And uh, again, I want to thank you for sharing that with Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, please give us a call again. And because you're a first time caller, I would like you to stay on the line and give John in our control room your uh, contact information so that I can mail you out a check for $50. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, you're welcome. And please spread the word. Let's all wave at Kelly's mom. She's watching right now. (laughs) Wave at the camera. Hey, Kelly's mom. (laughs) Hi, Kelly's mom. (laughs) Okay, well, give us a call again, and please spread the word. We're trying to create a platform right here for the ladies to come to us for, well, advice and also their opinion on so many different things that they can share with us. Awesome, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we're going to go to uh, North Palm Beach where uh, Davy is uh, been holding. Thank you for your patience. Good morning. 
Good morning. I called last week about a problem with a dash on my 04 Solara, yeah. and yeah. Mr. Stewart told me to be persistent, but I didn't get too far. Uh-huh. I talked to Randy in your service department. He looked it up. He was very nice. Uh-huh. He looked up the serial number and all, said the car was too old. And then he said, well, try calling Toyota. He gave me a number for Toyota. Uh-huh. They gave me a case number, talked to somebody. They asked me if I was the original owner. I told them no. And they said, how long has it been cracking? And I said, well, I've only had the car two years. It started. And they asked me miles, which was uh, 65,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm sorry, I really can't help you. I said, can I speak to a supervisor? I got the supervisor's name. The recall was a ZE6 number they had. They gave me a case number. Mm-hmm. She talked to me for a while. Everybody was very nice. Mm-hmm. And they said, because I'm the second owner and the car is that old, they can't help me. Am I done? Uh, I wouldn't say so, David. Uh, uh, I'm going to get personally involved in this, see, if I, yeah. see if I can help you. Uh, it's a shame that it has to be this way. Uh, and a lot of uh, you folks out there, uh, it's kind of like what's the, you've seen these old things, never, 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 never give up. Uh, you just have to keep plugging. Uh, getting uh, manufacturers to repair defective products is like pulling teeth sometimes. They just don't like it. Yeah. And uh, you have to push and push and push. Uh, so what I will do is I will get involved. And uh, if you'll call the show, or you, actually I'll call you, uh, and we'll, we'll let you know what we can do. But I'll give it another shot. Uh, you have to take it up the line sometimes. Uh, it shouldn't be this way. Manufacturers with defective products should belly up to the bar, take care of it, fix the problems, but they don't. Uh, they're just like but anybody else. This is else. old, too. It's an 04 yeah. car. It so is. I, I it can is. understand that part of it. It is, it is. But the point is, they've acknowledged the defect. The, uh, the uh, dash was made out of material that was cracking and melting uh, and pitting in high heat, high heat con- conditions. So they know that. The fact that the dash, dash is old, the, the fresher dashes were cracking too. So um, they spent millions and millions of dollars uh, and maybe uh, another thousand dollars isn't going to kill them. Uh, I'm going to give it a try. I'm not promising anything, but I'll give it my best shot and I'll call you. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Mr. Thank, you. thank you for the call, David. Take care. Call me Earl. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Bob, who's calling from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Hi, how are you doing? I wanted to talk about spare tires or the lack thereof. Uh Uh, If someone's lucky enough to have a spare tire, they should always check it periodically because over time you could lose air pressure in a spare tire and most people probably just let it sit back there and they never look at it mm-hmm. secondly a lot of the cars they sell today do not have spare tires right. Right. they give you this little kit uh to inflate your tire if you have a problem and i give a warning to all your listeners do not use that kit and the reason being is it destroys the uh, uh, the sensor, the tire pressure monitor sensor that's in the tire. Good point. And then you're going to be on the hook to replace that. So the simplest thing to do is to go on Amazon or something and just buy one of these small little uh, inflators uh, that you can run it off your cigarette lighter. And you twenty-five to thirty dollars, you buy it, you keep it in there, and you, if you have a problem, use that to get your tire filled up until you can take it to wherever you're going to get the tire looked at. 
Well, thank you very much. That's good uh, Good advice. Uh, Rick has a point he wants to make. That's actually excellent advice because a, what a lot of folks don't know is those cans of Fix-A-Flat that you can buy in the stores can very easily damage sensors. <coughs> and also, when you use Fix-A-Flat, it makes it to where a simple puncture on that tire that could have been repaired cannot be repaired. If Fix-A-Flat's in a tire, it cannot be patched, and plugs are not a safe repair. So that makes right, that I'm tire worthless the, I'm anyways. I'm talking about the kit that the manufacturer puts in the car. Exactly. In place of, they sell cars now, a lot of cars, without spare tires mm -hmm. to reduce the weight so they can get better fuel economy on these cars. Mm -hmm. and right. So in, in place of the spare tire, they give you this kit. And if you read, a lot of people don't read. I read everything. You know, it's like that fellow that said he didn't get his own in his manual. How many people you actually sit down and read the owner's manual? Nobody. Probably maybe 1% of everybody that buys a car. Right. Yep. I mean, but if, if you look at the fine print on on, on, on that can, it, and it'll tell you, it, 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 it ruins, you're going to have to replace this, the tire pressure monitor. So you go in, if you have a problem, you might, you might, not own, you, you might be able to patch the tire, but now you have to pay for a new sensor. So, exactly. you know, just it's always something, you know, that they come up with these things and people are uh, unaware of what the situation is. And it always winds up costing you more money if you don't do your due diligence. Bob, right. that's a great call. And, well, uh, those, those kits actually contain two parts usually. Quite often there is an air pump included with it. So if you check your car, if you, if you do have one of those kits, if you've got that air pump, just use just the air pump and refill the tire with just air and you'll be safe to get you back on the road at least to get to where you can safely get somewhere and get that tire repaired right well the one that they provide in the ford cars uh just doesn't have that option ah okay yep just put it, it just you got one option and it puts the sealant in there and well, it, it mixes it in and the next thing you know you're on the hook for a yep. new uh, tire pressure Sensor. Well, Bob, thanks for being Just part of the show. This kind of, of this kind of information is invaluable. A lot of mm -hmm. folks out there didn't understand that, and now they do. So, thank you so very much yeah. for yeah, taking good. the time to call the show yeah. with that very valuable information. Uh, for the ones. Yeah, that and, and one other thing: uh, Do you think at some point in time the owner's manual will become obsolete, and there'll be a different way of uh, uh, people getting information right through the right through the, the car system? In other words, you could talk to the car mm -hmm. if you have a, have a question about how something works, mm -hmm. and it would just give you the explanation on your screen, and you wouldn't really need the manual. That's a great idea. I, uh, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, uh, my owner's manual is like a Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. Uh, most of them today, the cars are so complex, to put that in text and print yeah. and expect someone to read it is silly and then when you don't read it and you have a problem they'll say well it was in your owner's manual so you're responsible <laughs> yeah. that's like the fine print when you sign a contract all the fine print you're responsible for reading it and nobody reads it there's got to be a better way i love your idea talk to your car voice that's recognition a, that, that's got to be inevitable that's yeah. going to happen yeah, yeah. yeah. So, some luxury cars yeah, have apps happen. but now, i want to ask you about the uh, uh, everything I've been reading about the the cars that are coming out with the issue with the tariffs and so forth, it, it appears to me, and also the transportation course on new cars is going to go through the roof 
because they can't find drivers for these trucks and everything. Uh, I know you advised somebody to wait for the 2019s because mm-hmm. he was interested in buying a car. Yes. But in lieu of what's going to happen here, uh, and from everything I've been reading, uh, wouldn't you, if you're in that market to buy a car, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it behoove you to do it now and not wait for the new cars where you're going to get sacked with this, uh, with this extra money? Uh, Bob, this is only my opinion. I think that there's a lot of hype. I think there's a lot of uh, strategizing, a lot of lobbying by auto manufacturers. Uh, this whole tariff thing, I think, is being blown out of proportion. Uh, I saw an article in the paper from Toyota the other day, and it was during their record earning quarter, and they were talking about what the tariffs would mean to them uh, over the full course of the year with all the models that they sold, and you're talking like $100 a car. Uh, most of the manufacturers are screaming bloody murder and trying to frighten the public and to frighten the politicians into uh, not doing the tariff thing. Uh, but this is just my opinion. I could be wrong. Nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen with the tariffs. Uh, but I stick, I still stick with my recommendation to to buy the the new model car and not the last year model car. And if you have to wait a month well, or two, well, what I what I what I read was the Rav Four was going to be approximately six to seven hundred dollars more due to the uh, the pending legislation yes. uh, with, with the tariffs. And I also read that if you were in the, in the market for an Audi A4, that was going to be $10,000 more, yeah. which is a, the, a big number when you think about it. Yeah, the, the, you know, uh, so depending on the type of car you're going to buy, you could really get whacked with this thing. And, you know, the other thing, that man, the other thing they're discussing uh, is also the content. So they're, they're discussing that the, the, the parts that are uh, used in the car is going to have to contain more parts that are made in this country so in, in order to, to help boost the manufacturing in this country, mm-hmm. which is also going to add to the price of the cars. Well, remember the manufacturers uh, have a lot to say with the prices. Just because the tariff goes up and they have to, they have additional costs doesn't mean they're going to charge you. Competition is a huge thing. And if you're selling RAV4s and somebody else is selling another model, uh, Toyota has to take that into consideration, uh, especially when it comes to trucks. The manufacturers make a huge amount of money on trucks. When it comes to cars, it's a different thing. The profit margin on cars is very low. But on a Silverado truck, uh, General Motors makes about $10,000 on a Silverado truck. And then when the dealer sells it, he's got a $10,000 markup to you. Uh, not that he's going to get the markup, but the manufacturer always gets their markup when they sell it to the dealer. So if you've got a $10,000 markup when you sell it to the dealer and they have a $4,000 tariff, you can absorb the tariff if you want to be competitive with Ford and some of the other uh, truck sellers. So, so we won't know what's going to happen to prices just because tariffs go up, they won't necessarily be passed along to consumers. So I still stick with my recommendation, buy a current model car, and if you have to wait a month or two, do it. I'd risk it on the tariffs. I don't think it's going to be as bad as people make it out. Right. Do you know how much they make on the, on, on a Ferrari when they sell a Ferrari? No, I don't. I I have no 80, idea. 80,000. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, on a Porsche? Fifteen thousand. Oh man! Mercedes, Audis, yeah. around ten thousand. Yeah. So that you know, those 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 people, they're, they're dealing with a certain market, and, and probably will not affect them as much 
but for some of the other other manufacturers that are dealing with people that are not spending that kind of money, uh, between that and the transportation costs now, uh, how much is a delivery cost uh, on on a Toyota? About thousand dollars, Bob. You're a great caller, uh, but we've got a bunch of people stacked up here, and we got to get to our mystery shopping report. Yeah, Would you please call. call again next week? Yes, I will. Well, I right. appreciate it. You're, you're a great caller. Thank, Thank you very you, much. We're going to go to John, who's holding. John is calling from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, congratulations to Nancy coming back so soon. Um, I just want to mention something about Nancy. I'm following cars closely as a hobby, mostly, and interest in them for about 56 years. And I never, never remember any female consumer advocate. I would say Nancy is the first and probably only. I mean, there were men before. People know the name Ralph Nader, probably Tom McCall. But Nancy has to be congratulated as the consumer advocate number one that I remember ever. Oh, now, address the problem um, uh, dashboards that people talk about, and they leave like a dog or even a child sometime. According to Professor Jennifer Vanos, she's family medicine at University of California in San Diego School of Medicine. She did extensive research on heat, and the summer heat in the car goes to 116 degrees in one hour. The dashboard goes up to 165 mm. degrees mm. also in an hour. Even parked in the shade, the inside of the car goes to that shade. People think I'm fine. I'm parked in the shade. It's going to be real cool inside. Mm. The temperature still goes to 100 degrees in one hour inside the car. And in the shade, the dash goes to 118 degrees. So wow. that's the caution of people that just may forget, leave a dog or an, you know, a, a baby, even within a short amount of time, that just shows you the temperature. Now, the gentleman that called about Ferraris, it's interesting to know last weekend, the world red record was set on that 250 GT of, they expected 60 million. Yeah. However, it did set a world record of $48 million hmm. for one automobile. <laughs> just picture that. What's the sales Who in the world it? would spend that kind of money? <laughs> I, I mean, just for instance, the way the stock market is climbing, you imagine spending, I mean, investing that in the market and rather than buy a car. So, uh, astonishing world record of $48 million. Uh-huh. And then also, we discussed buttons with cars like Kavana. Just an interesting thing about it, right here in Stewart are the buttons in the Elliott Museum. You press a button, and the uh, cars that are stored in there, the old cars, it's the biggest Model A collection mm-hmm. in the United States. You press a button, and bingo, there it comes down on a rack, and there's the car that, well, you can't do it yourself. There's an attendant, mm-hmm. usually a volunteer, but they have that system in there. Very cool. So I'd uh, like to see that. Nothing new. I mean, it's right in the area over here, and it's an interesting place. It's in Hutchison Island mm-hmm. that people want to go to, and it has the button system, and it breaks down from time to time, I heard, but it's interesting to see how the cars, all of a sudden, just election from up on top stories, that it comes down and it's right in front of you to look at. Yeah, that's so amazing. I just want to mention those things. Well, thank about you, John. Button. That'd be interesting to see. 
Uh, John, let me take a moment and tell you that I'm humbled by your compliments. Uh, you are such an important part of our show from the very beginning. John has been with us forever. Thank you so much, well, John. And, John, keep those mailers coming. <laughs> okay, thank you, and congratulations, and uh, welcome back again. Oh, thank you so much. Look forward to hearing from you again. We are going to New Jersey, and we're going to be it's talking Steve. to Steve. Hello? Good hey, morning, Steve. Steve. Welcome. Hi. i got to try and figure out how to get it off speaker. Okay, I'm in good shape. Great. Uh, good morning. How good, are you? Good morning. We're so happy to hear from you. I, uh, I've, I've, I've been watching you on Facebook for a while. It oh, wasn't working you. so well. Oh, so but I do have a question. We'll have to smile. We're, we're, we're on video, too. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> well, it's hard, to, it's hard to get you when I'm in New Jersey. Now, we, we, when we're in Florida, we're in uh, Jensen Beach. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> now, here's my question, and this is, this is it, it's uncommon. I mean, we have a, a 2016 Acura RDX, um, and we also have a 2008 Ford Edge. Both of them are all-wheel drive. Now, mind you, when I was shopping in Florida, I said all-wheel drives are not common there. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the the... Acura is throwing codes out that say change the differential oil. This dual pump system fluid um, at 15,000 miles, and it's approximately on the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering how important is that, and why is it that Ford 000. has never asked us to do that? Well, it sounds pretty important. Uh, Rick is furring his brow. Rick is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at we, we might be in trouble. miles? 15,000 miles, huh? Uh, that almost sounds like, uh, and that was on your Ford or your Acura? Well, the Ford has about 90-some-odd thousand yeah. miles on it, and it's never, you know, we've never changed this uh, differential fluid in it. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I mean, I've, I, I usually do all my own fluid changes. Mm. Um, so I was starting to investigate what this is, as I say, because I've done, I, I also have an old 944 Turbo sitting in my garage, and I've changed the transaxle gear oil on it. And it's not a very difficult job to do, um, but with this car, it's a little—it's you know, getting underneath it is a little trickier. Um, but it's—it's it's a question. The question is, why would one manufacturer tell us about this uh, and another not? And and are are the cars that different from one another, or should I be doing both cars? Well, the cars can be very different, and the fluids that in that are put in them can be very different that's why we always recommend go with the owner's manual the uh, maintenance recommendation that, co- that comes from the factory that's normally in the glove box uh what's the the year and model of that acura i'm, I'm just curious uh, I won't 2016 20, 2016 okay uh, it's three years old and we don't drive it a lot it's got fifteen thousand some odd miles on it but including what, at least what, one trip to florida from jersey uh, what model is it rdx the rdx Mm-hmm. Okay, because that just seems a little, um, little weird. That's the reason they called. Mm-hmm. We got to do some more research on that. Yep. exactly. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I think the thing to do on that, <laughs> while uh, rather than look this up on the air, uh, let us look it up and and get back with you. Uh, you can text us, and we can answer the okay. text. As a matter of fact, how about that? Uh, can we do that, okay. Steve? Yes, yeah, Steve's a texter. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we got we got. Te- I had actually I had that text waiting from Steve uh, to to read. Okay, <laughs> okay. We'll 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 look that and get back to you because we're running out of time here, and and Rick's having a coughing spasm. Sorry so we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that via text. And I thank you very much for the call, Steve, all the way from New Jersey. I'm thrilled that we're in live color and Facebook yeah. video in New Jersey. That's really... Uh, uh, Steve, uh, did you say you have a problem uh, tuning in whenever you are in Jersey? You can only get us well, when you're Well, I didn't Jensen? know how. I found I did find uh, one of the radio stations and live stream it through the iPad. Uh-huh. Oh, very uh, good. But there's, uh, I'm not aware that you're on any of the Sirius XM channels. Mm-hmm. No, we're not. Um, no, you're not. Okay. So, okay. But I was able to find one of the radio stations and live stream your show when, when Facebook went down. Uh-huh. We're not waiting for the answer, very, Nancy. Very good. We're going to text it to uh, Steve. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, Steve, thanks for the phone call. And, uh, Steve, oh, you're very welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay Thank in you. touch. Uh, I think that we are going to go to our mystery shopping report. No, I think we've got some text here. We've yep. got a little bit of time. It's 925. Yep. Text are backing up here. Well, it's kind of good. Steve called so I can knock his text off the list. Exactly. Um, but we have a couple of comments on our live Facebook video. And actually, we had, I think, a question, and it was answered by another viewer. So that, that helps us out here. So um, uh, Steve on our Facebook feed says, I sold a car years ago using classifieds. Two years later, that car was abandoned and impounded down in Miami. The impound lot, lot called me for payment. The car was never titled appropriately by the buyer. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so then uh, somebody else asked him what happened. He says he went and got the car and tracked down the buyer. He still wanted it, so I had him meet me at the courthouse. We completed all the correct paperwork, uh, and it cleared him from the title, and he got his money back. Um, but we had another list, uh, viewer who commented and said... Uh, that she's seen a, uh, this is Andreas, or that might be a gentleman. He says, I've seen a podcast by an attorney that recommends that you sign paperwork such as the title at the DMV and then go with that person into the DMV for proper titling of that vehicle in his or her name so you don't get in that trick That's back. a great idea. Yeah. I read another horror story about that on that same subject, and the bottom line is when you sell a car personally, uh, you need to be sure who is that car is going to be titled, whose name that tar- car will be titled in. Because uh, just because someone pays you for the car and drives the car away doesn't mean right. they're going to transfer the title yeah. to themselves. Yeah, you could, you could, you they could, could sell it to a third party yeah. and get paid and be totally out of the picture. Yeah. And I, you uh, would never it could be used in the commission of a crime, and they're exactly. going to come after I you. I guess where so. I learned that. From me? No. Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy. <laughs> That's a great resource. Okay, and then Andreas also um, had a question on Facebook Live video. It says, is a dealer required to disclose that a new car was damaged, let's say, during transport? Of course, the car is fixed and placed on the lot for sale. There's a state law on that, I believe. I don't think it's a federal law. Uh, I believe it's 1% of the MSRP. Uh, if you have a $50,000 car, then uh, if you have... Uh, uh, $500 worth of damage, you have to report it or more. Yeah. And uh, that is uh, something you should be careful of because sometimes it's not reported. The dealer might not even be aware of it. Yes, new cars do get damaged. If it's a used car, on the other hand, there's no requirement that you report it. Uh, the Florida law says that if there's damage on, on a used car and the customer prospective customer ask you about it you're required to tell the yeah. truth but if they don't ask about it uh mom's the word mom's the word <laughs> exactly right. buyer beware see no evil hear no evil speak no evil all right we have a text from Anne marie 
not our not my sister-in-law, but Anne, Anne Marie, Marie Delgado uh, says, "Good morning. Could you please explain why car manufacturers switch from keys to keyless fobs? I may be an old fogey, but at least with a key, you know the car is shut off." Fobs can do a bunch of things you don't realize that they're doing. I know of a case where a lady put the fob in her purse, dropped her purse on the counter. It turns out that the fob was pressed against something in the purse, and the fob opened the car windows. Unfortunately, a heavy rainstorm came up. <laughs> lady didn't find out until the next day when she went out to her car and found it quite wet. Her mechanic dried out the car. Bottom line, the fob is no longer just dropped in her purse. By the way, are there any cars that come with keys anymore? Thanks, Anne-Marie. Uh, great, great, great yeah, text. Great text. If there's one thing I hear more often, that's it. Uh, from our customers, our average customers probably 55 plus. Many people feel the same way. You wonder how far should technology go? Uh, with all the great technology, there are foibles and foilbacks and problems. And these uh, keyless remotes are huge. Some of these keyless remotes can cost as much as a thousand dollars if yeah. you lose one. Yours, I have no. I don't even want to know yeah. what yours. Yeah. Are. The yeah. cheapest yeah. ones are probably a hundred bucks, and the average one's probably two hundred bucks. You lose your key, you're gone. We actually sell our customers uh, key loss insurance. Why do you have to insure your key? It, Who would have thought about that? It's embarrassing to have to sell that. Exactly. But if you lose it, you're talking hundreds of dollars, and uh, is it worth the convenience? I don't know the answer, but I do know that we get a lot of requests on that. I think it should be optional. I think they should have the regular key yeah. and their keyless remote if you want it. But why would you want to have to pay an extra $300 for a key? Unfortunately, the answer to Anne Marie's question is, can, uh, to, can I, do any cars come with that? Yes, older used cars. Yes, just <laughs> it's about older it used cars. Well, thanks for that great text, Anne Marie. Thanks for being yeah. a member of the Sunrise Club. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Anne Marie. It was nice hearing from you. And I think we've cleared out the text. Rapid Very good. fire. I think it's time we moved along to the uh, Mystery Shopping Report. Things have been so um, busy yes. that I didn't even talk about the Mystery Shopping Report. It's a highlight of our show. Uh, we do it every every day. I mean, every Saturday. It feels like every day. It feels like every day. We do it <laughs> every Saturday. And we've been doing it for 10 years. We have a backlog of hundreds of mystery shopping reports. We do. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to uh, let our audience know that they, too, can be part of the uh, – uh, what's the word? I, I just lost the word. It's our assessment the of the, the assessment? shopping targets. <laughs> I like the way you put that. You didn't want me to put it into – words <laughs> anyway you can uh, text us with your you know thoughts on our mystery shopping report at uh, eight seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero now the mystery shopping report this week is from uh, palm beach motors and before i start on that report i had another mystery shopping report and the, the, the folks in the studio oh, yeah. didn't I even saw, i saw that yes uh this was uh, sent in uh, from the youranonymousfeedback.com. Yes, and we had a listener in North Carolina who voluntarily went in and did a mystery shopping report uh, for the dealership Toyota of Greer yeah. in Greer, South Carolina. Yeah. And I won't probably have time to do that, but I want to thank the anonymous uh, listener who sent the anonymous mystery shopping How report. Nice. Took it upon and, himself. Uh, we'll yeah. go over that later. Great. Meanwhile, with Mystery Shop of Palm Beach Motors, uh, we continue to look for used cars that are subject to the deadly Takata airbag recall and identify the dealers who sell them or refuse to sell them. Last week at H. Gregg, we found two Chrysler 300s. H. Gregg is a 
used car company with about 19 outlets that we have found out thanks to Frank, one of our good callers. He went down there to buy a vehicle and uh, we heard about them and uh, they're starting to spring up around Florida. You know, it's funny as I, I mentioned that to somebody else. They go, oh, I've heard of him. H.H. Greg. I go, no, it's just H. Greg. H. Greg, yeah. They insist H.H. and that's an appliance salesman. So they Very clever. Yeah, they climbed on that uh, bandwagon. Very clever. Yeah. That's the reason they sounded funny. Okay, yeah. yeah. So H. Greg, uh, we found two Chrysler 300s. They're down in Pompano. I think they have a, another one in Miami. There might be a third one they're putting up. But uh, that um, when we checked them just before Agent X arrived to investigate, uh, they apparently were sold, and we didn't get to uh, find out. But they probably were sold, and they probably kept the uh, Takata airbags and probably didn't fix them. We just can't confirm that. Uh, we've been using a new, more time-efficient method. I love this. Stu came up with this. Congratulations to uh, Stu. Inve uh, <laughs> necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. <laughs> Very uh, labor-intensive to find these Takata cars because you've got to cross-reference vent dumpers and NHTSA and car inventories, and it's really time-consuming. So we have a great new system. And uh, thanks to Stu, first we find a model likely to be affected on the NHTSA website, and that's safercar.gov, safercar.gov. Check it out before you buy a car. Put your VIN number in. So uh, they have the models that are just terribly affected and the ones that you hardly ever find a problem on. So we look for the high-frequency Takata airbag problem models on the NHTSA website. Then we search this model on AutoTrader. Just about every car dealer in America lists his cars used and new on, on the AutoTrader inventory. Huge, huge database. And you, so by taking the safercar.gov to find the chronic offenders, going to AutoTrader, we can look at the VINs, and then we take the Carfax or AutoCheck report for a quick check to see if those VINs on AutoTrader are affected. And... Uh, then, of course, we have to go to the safercar.gov, which is the ultimate check. And finally, we can go to the manufacturers and verify. And we found through experience over years, two years anyway, that we've been doing this, that any one of these individual sources can be wrong. Carfax, we knew, was about 30% off. We find out also that AutoCheck is, can be off. About the same. Yeah. And uh, even the manufacturer, strange as it may seem, can be off. So you should check all four because it's something pretty serious. You're going to have an airbag blow up in your face, and that's not good. That's worth your time. Exactly, worth your time. Uh, this method helps us find both major franchise car dealers and smaller independents alike, and also introduce us to dealers we've never mystery shopped or heard of before. I love this system because we're, you know, we're just not... Every week we say, who are we going to shop? We sit there beat our heads <coughs> on the table. <laughs> now we just go to where the action is. This is how we found this week's target, and that to be Palm Beach Motors in Lake Worth. Hadn't heard of them. Uh, they had a 2007 Ford Ranger pickup truck for sale for just 11995 You're supposed to read that like the deal, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just 11995 <laughs> It was also afflicted with a passenger side Takata recall. We sent Agent Eck down to the medium-sized lot, about 72 cars on Dixie Highway and Lake Worth to check it out. 
That might be the old Steve Moore used car lot, US one. Uh, his old dealership was it looks down really there. old. I looked at the yeah. Google uh, image. Here's a report. I called ahead to Palm Beach Motors to make sure the 2007 Ranger was still there. Not already sold, seeing in our past experience, we've been burned two or three times. I spoke with a man named Juan, who told me it was available. I told Juan to, to be double sure it was available. I said I had two cars sold out from under me twice, and he was speaking the truth. Yeah. This was Agent, <coughs> Agent X. Two sold out from under me during my current car search. Juan promised to me it, w it was, that it would be there. I stressed that I had a long drive in the rain ahead of me, and I was not in the mood for a surprise. Juan said it was there, and it wouldn't go anywhere before I got there. Okay. It was still raining when I parked in front of the square yellow building that was Palm Beach Motors. I waited for a few minutes before making a run on the entrance. Once inside, I met Andy. Andy, who greeted me with an extended hand, I said I was here to see Juan about a Ford Ranger. Andy told me that Juan was busy with a customer and that he would assist. He said that he would get the key, and he ran off. Andy was back in a minute. We headed outside. The rain had stopped, but it was dark out. We didn't have much time before it resumed storming. We walked out to the red pickup truck, and I circled it, checking out the exterior. There were some dings, scratches, but it had new tires. Overall, looked pretty good. Andy popped the hood. We looked at the engine compartment. I asked him if he had any mechanical issues to disclose. First of the three questions. He replied there were, there were none. He said that he had three mechanics that worked for him and that checked out all his cars. That's a lot of mechanics for a little bitty car lot, but that's what he said. He pointed out over to a storage lot with a carport said, the shop's right over there. I asked if he was a salesman or the owner. Andy laughed and said he was the gentleman manager. We climbed inside and started the engine. The air blew cold and it smelled nice and natural, neutral. Neutral. <laughs> Not like perfume. Yes. That's a, that's a red flag. Exactly. Hey, good, uh, good thought. Perfume is not good. No. Covering up something. Uh, cars and women. And I just said that. I'm sorry. And men. Columbia. I'm in trouble now. Okay. I asked Andy if it had ever been in an accident. It's funny how your mouth gets ahead of your brain sometimes. Some of us, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately for you, it doesn't happen That's true. a whole lot. You stay out of trouble. He said, uh, Andy said, let me check auto check and took out his phone. Uh, a few seconds later, he said, yep. See right there, minor left rear impact. Interesting. He showed me his screen, and he didn't seem phased or apologetic. Well, minor. It is yeah. minor. We got out of the cab of the truck and walked to the area that was hit. Uh, there was still some visible damage, but it was minor. There was also some light surface rust, but this too was minor. And we're talking about an older car. I got hit by a big fat drain rop. That's a poetic license there. Uh, <laughs> I got hit by a big fat drain rop. Raindrop, I should say. And within seconds, it really began to come down. Andy and I made a mad dash to the office and hurt inside. I sat at his desk, and we began to discuss the truck and the numbers. He asked how I was paying for it. They always ask that. And I told him I was paying cash. He was pleasant and applied zero pressure uh, the entire time. I pivoted back to the truck. I told Andy I liked it, but I had more questions. I said I wanted to know if there were any safety issues. He said, there were no safety issues. I said, he seemed uh, pretty sure. 
and he suggested looking at AutoCheck again. He pulled it out on his computer this time, scrolled through the report, no recall. I checked again. There were no recalls reported. Now, there we are. Perfect example. So, yeah, uh, supposed to be a reliable source, AutoCheck, not. Carfax, not. And even the dealer or safercar.gov can make mistakes with respect to dangerous recalls. And he went back to the numbers. 11995 was his best price. <clears throat> I said I thought it was high. And he needed to work, uh, work with me if I, we wanted a deal. I let him know I lived in Palm Beach Gardens. And once I left, I probably would not be driving back down to Lake Worth. He asked me what it would take. And I said, you need to take $1,000 off. And he extended his hand and said, done. I shook his hand and printed up a buyer's order. Now, a little aside here as a car dealer. Andy did the wrong thing. The negotiator and hagglers are taught when you're haggling and negotiating, you never drop a lot of money at the same in one lump sum. Back in the day when I was evil, I would say to a salesman, you did the wrong thing. And you never drop an even amount. $334. And he should say, I can come up and you take your pencil out and you go like this. You say, I can come down $330.92. Now that looks like they're really cutting to the quick. They're getting down to the basics near the cost. But when you drop a lot of $1,000, it scares buyers away. So he did the wrong thing, but this buyer didn't get scared away. Yeah, but, but he should have been scared away. And if they try that on you, now that you know, just laugh and say, that's not working on me. Come on, take $1,000 yeah, yeah. off. The selling price was ten nine ninety five plus a four ninety nine pre-delivery fee, about the lowest you'll ever see, and $43.05 for dock stamps. Now, this is a cash sale. Yeah. Where are the dock stamps? Ah, uh, no dock stamps. But there was no e-filing or private tag agency fee. He had a sales tax and tag, and it was COD. Can I chime in on something real quick? And I'm not not to disparage uh, Palm Beach Motors, but I saw something very clever. As a matter of fact, I'm afraid to say this out loud because it might give other dealers a, a, a bad idea. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so on their buyer's order, there is a line that says dealer fee slash loan processing fee, and it says $0 there. Then there's another line that says electronic filing fee, and there's a $0 there. Then a little bit farther down, it says plus pre-delivery service charge for $4.99. So people who are accustomed to the terms dealer fee or even electronic yes. filing fee are going to see a, a zero there and think they're not charging a dealer fee. Yes. So uh, you're going to see when this reward is over that uh, this wasn't addressed and it wasn't discussed, but we did get a copy of the buyer's order, and that's how we found out about it. Yeah. So there was potential deception on their buyer's order. But we didn't see this deception verbally as we negotiated, H&X negotiated the price. Uh, Palm Beach Motors was willing to sell us a car with a Takata airbag recall. But it's likely they didn't know about it, and I, I, I believe that. They use AutoCheck. The question is, Nancy and I talked about this in the car, uh, are they bad people? Are they good people? I say, no, they're dumb people. Uh, they weren't evil, I don't think. But car dealers should know you can't rely on Carfax alone or AutoCheck alone. It is time-consuming to check safercar.gov, the manufacturer's website, 
and AutoCheck and Carfax to be sure the cars you're selling do not have dangerous recalls. But they don't take the time, and so they're lazy. So they're not evil. They're not crooked. Well, I they're think it's being irresponsible and careless. Irresponsible. Careless oh, and irresponsible. It is irresponsible. Uh, this is why we stress the importance of checking multiple sources. As I just said, Palm Beach Mother seemed like a pretty nice place to buy a car. Very engaged, professional general manager, relatively small dealer fees. And, of course, there's the potential, as I said, because of the multiple opportunities for dealer fees and the dock fee, which didn't exist, but it was only $49. So there's a lot of factors here. Now, let me address the price, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, they were asking for 120,000 mile, 2007 Ford Ranger. Uh, they were asking $11,000, $10,995. Let's call it $11,000, plus a $500 dealer fee. Kelly's Blue Book Fair Market Range is from $6,000 to $8,000. So, when we said, how about $1,000 off, they said, done. And that's the reason it would have alerted a wary buyer. Agent X didn't want to be wary. He wanted to find out what they were going to do. So, this isn't a lesson in deception, unless it depends on how you define deception. But when you're negotiating a price, and I advise you not to negotiate prices. I advise you to use uh, Consumer Reports, TrueCar.com, true um, Costco Auto Buying Program. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to negotiate, remember, you go back and forth. You're going to have to. You're going to have to fight, play the game. And when you have a large drop in price, you know, for an even number, it's a red flag. That means there's a lot more to go. I'm saying ask for another large drop after that. Exactly. So. <clears throat> It's a confusing vote, uh, and I remind everybody, including our radio audience, that we grade on the curve. Yeah. There are no perfect dealers. There are no near. There are no near perfect dealers, so we just have to grade on the more honest ones and the less honest ones. So uh, I'll start out with Nancy. Nancy, how do you rate Palm Beach Motor Cars and Lake Worth? Well, <coughs> guess I give them a pass. A what? A pass. A pass. I, you know, you want to give us a letter grade? I'm, call it a uh, C. Uh, yeah. C I'm kinda, minus. I'm kind of up in the air. You know, uh, it, it just this is proof that you you really have to do your homework. You've really got to go to the internet. You've got to, you know, explore the uh, Takata recall uh, situation. You know, by going to AutoCheck and SaferCar.gov. Yeah. Uh, the manufacturer. Uh, you know, can you because you can be easily sold a uh, a uh, a death trap, and uh, that's it. I'm going to go with a C because I know where this place is. I know the neighborhood down there. It's an area that I used to kind of hang a little bit, but um, I think they're kind of taking advantage of people on their prices. But eh, on the Takata thing, yeah. I'll still give them a C and put them on the, the recommended with the caveat that people should definitely keep their eyes open and do their homework on what vehicle they're looking at. I'm going to give them a C, too. I, uh, I don't think they're dishonest people. I think they're just doing business like most car dealers. Sue? Uh, I'm too confused to, to, to give an easy grade. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to pass them. Yeah. Uh, some of the things, they were, were relatively minor offenses, but you can see where they you know tried the customer on here and there. Yeah. But it's, uh, like you said, it's, it's par for the course, and we are grading on a curve. So, yeah, a, a C for Palm Beach Motors. 
Yeah. Buy, buyer yeah, beware. Yeah, it's uh, they're old school. Yeah. And they're negotiate, and a lot of people still like to do that. And uh, if you're going to buy a car from Palm Beach Motor Cars, go in there and uh, negotiate and yeah. negotiate smart and uh, long and hard and yeah. and no, they're, they're not going to beat you up they're not going to high pressure you it's not going to be an unpleasant yeah. experience just be educated before you show up and go to kelly blue book first and get a, a car value before you sure. show up you know <laughs> that's a great place to uh to use is some sort of in other words you're just not talking out of your head when you're saying i, I want a good price i have kelly blue book recommended retail yeah. price mm-hmm. why are you three thousand dollars above that and then that gives you some if you forget to do that pull out your smartphone because you all got smartphones and pull it up on your phone show the salesman right then and there yep very good cool. um we got a little bit of time left here rick you got a point yes i do because one other thing you should be checking on any car whether you own it your friends or family own it www.safercar.gov run those VIN numbers look for any open recalls especially those Takata recalls but every car that you even if you're thinking about buying it or if you already own it your friends or family are in it www.safercar.gov well said Rick well said and there is power in numbers, so remember that. Always take someone with you, and uh, knowledge is power. It really is. The Internet is your friend. Uh, we are at, uh, well, actually, it's... Uh, we got a couple of minutes. I, I want to sell my book, and so we're going to do a commercial. Okay. Excellent idea. So, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. I alluded to this early in the show. That's me, and uh, even got my blue shirt on. Uh this is a, a book I wrote that is kind of a handbook on how not to get ripped off by a car dealer. It also contains some of my confession because I've been in the business since 1968 and I've only been recovering for about the past 15 or 20 years. And there's a brilliant foreword that was written in the beginning of yeah, the book. Yeah, and my son wrote a brilliant <laughs> foreword in the book. Uh, we got some, a lot of pictures in here too. But just about any question you have about buying or leasing or maintaining or repairing your car is in this book. It's a how-to-do-it book. Now, before you get mad at me for trying to make money, and I told you this wasn't an infomercial show earlier, 100% of the proceeds of this book sale go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Big Dog Ranch Rescue, (laughs) my favorite charity. Very good. Thank (laughs) you. And uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue is located in Loxahatchee. Groves. Groves. And uh, out on Okeechobee Boulevard, a beautiful 3,000-acre facility uh, with pools and lakes. And we don't even keep our dogs in cages. No cages. Dorm rooms. Uh, dorm it's, rooms it's there. We call them bunkhouses. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, just had a grand opening of our brand-new veterinarian clinic. We find homes for... Uh, hundreds of dogs, thousands of dogs. We'll ha- we'll find homes for five thousand dogs this year, and uh, and no dealer fleas. No dealer fleas, no dealer of fleas. course not. Uh, <laughs> so go out there. We have dogs of all descriptions. Uh, about five hundred dogs that you can choose from from uh, pedigrees. Yeah. I, a lot of people don't know we have pedigree dogs. Uh, we have a lot of mixed breeds. We have from Chihuahuas up to Great Danes. We got Puerto Rican dogs, yes, Virgin Island dogs, yeah. Texas dogs, yeah, all over the world. Yeah, dogs you can go to Amazon, Amazon.com, to buy this book. It's a twofer. Remember, you can give it to your friends, you can give it to your kids, you can use it yourself when you buy your next car, and you're helping a dog find a home. 
and uh, we find thousands of loving homes for our dogs. Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and the website, if you want to check out our inventory of doggies, is BDRR, as in Big Dog Ranch Rescue, BDRR.org, www.BDRR.org, Big Dog Ranch Rescue. RR is like Ruff Ruff. Right. Right. Big dog, rough, rough. Big dot dog, org. <laughs> and please uh, buy the book because it'll save you a lot of pain and aggravation next time you try to buy or lease a car. Definitely. Or you repair or maintain. You know, my fondest memories of confessions uh, of a recovering car dealer is sitting at home proofreading that book mm-hmm. over and over and over again exactly. before it went to press. That was a fond memory? <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> but I think back now, you know, yeah. it. it, it it really was. It's time for a revision. Well, you better start writing. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you have a lot to do this weekend, and we appreciate you very much. Because Stay dry I always today. say, you make the show. Have a wonderful weekend. And, again, we will see you next week. Go, go, go.